Hola, como esta? It's been a while. It has been a minute. Welcome back, y'all. We're on episode 10. We're going to talk about practices in home, which come straight from the curriculum that we're trying to uh, get into schools here. Uh, so this is an episode we've been waiting on for a while. Uh, we are pretty excited to share with you some of the things we've been doing in our own home and things that you can do in yours to keep your kids safe. So here we go. All right, let's get started. Hey everybody, I'm Alicia. And I'm Josh, and you are listening to the Strive to Make an Impact podcast. Because I am a childhood sexual abuse survivor, it has become our mission to create an impact to advocate for survivors and prevent sexual abuse through education. You will also hear from guests on this podcast that are striving to make their own impact and being a role changer in their own way. We're so excited to have you join us, so let's get started. Why don't we start first with just kind of introducing the curriculum itself? So the curriculum is called Safer Smarter Schools. It comes out of a nonprofit in Florida who is ran by, or this this nonprofit is ran by uh, Lauren Book, who is a senator, who is a sexual abuse survivor, and who has her master's in uh, education. So uh, building a curriculum was not something that would have been out of her wheelhouse by any stretch of the imagination, especially this type of curriculum. So we found this um, and we fell in love with it because it is different than anything else we could find uh, on the market, so to speak. And so our one of our goals for our nonprofit is to get this in schools um, far and wide. Obviously, we're starting with our local schools here, um, but we, we looked into it, um, fell in love with it, and even started putting in some of the practices that come from this curriculum into our own home with our own kids. Um, and, and really just love the different approach that it takes, being that it's um, more of an empowerment program than it is just another uh, checkbox or another study to take. I think what I like most about it is that it really gets the kids involved. It's not something that they just sit and stare at, but right. it's an actual active. Well, yeah, and and so, and not that, uh, not that this podcast necessarily is to try to sell this by any means, but what I really love about it is um, teachers have so much on their hands already, so much on the list that they have to check off every single year, and um, what they did when they built this curriculum was to make it align with state standards. So in uh, in doing this curriculum, they are also covering other state standards that are, you know, reading, language arts, uh, theater, different types of core standards that are the same from state to state to state where teachers can align this in their practices that they're doing already and kill, you know, kind of two birds with one stone. So I know I have a lot of educator friends that listen to this podcast, and I think that's a big thing to highlight because I think anytime you go into a school and you're like, hey, I want you to do this, even if it's something that's mandated by law, it's hard to think, oh my God, we got to do something else in our 180 days, and that's hard to fit in. Find a place to put another checkbox in. Right, yeah. So um, there's a lot of, we're just going to, there's so much in this curriculum. It's uh, pre-K through 12. It's, um, it's different depending on what grade you're in. It's very developmentally appropriate by age. 
Um, there's even a special needs curriculum. So there's a lot, but just for the sake of the podcast, we wanted to pull out the practices that you could do at home uh, with or without actually having the curriculum or your uh, your school doing the curriculum or not. Uh, these are practices that we started building um, and teach our own kids. And um, it's a bit different than the outdated practices of good touch, bad touch or uh, right versus wrong. Um, stranger danger. Right, stranger danger. Because uh, that just doesn't work. It's not been working. Um, and unfortunately, for, for example, for stranger danger, um, we know that most of the time that's not the case. It's not a stranger that's abusing kids or anyone else. It's it's someone they know and trust and that the family knows and trusts. So, and I think a lot of that's hit the media lately. There's been some a lot of documentaries released just here in the last month that's showing that it's most of the time um, not someone that people know. It's not someone in a white van or a stranger at a park, you know, having kids help him look for his lost dog when there never really was a lost dog. That's not the case. So we have to be very proactive in what we're teaching our kids and that it's real-world examples, not some scary... Uh, stranger danger atmosphere where they could end up in trouble because that's not what they need to be looking for. Right. I mean, it is important as that is in itself, like you said, it, it's not the main cause of all this. It's right. people that we know. Sure. With our family itself, we started one of these prevention methods that's called the trusted triangle. Um, basically, your child has three people that they feel like they can tell anything to. Um, part of that being also that two of the people, two of the three people, can't be a family member because, as we've talked about many times on here, that sometimes it is a family member. Right, and those people that are that family member could be someone that you trust to the point where you don't realize, you know, where they don't realize. Um, but that very person having them keep the secret can't be someone that's the safe person to tell any secret to. So, um, for example, our daughter is in elementary school and we taught her about the trusted triangle, which ultimately grew. She has so many people, which this is amazing, but she has so many people that she feels that she can uh, trust with any secret. And so many people who are in her world, because she really does have a, a massive support team, that her trusted triangle kind of turned into With a trusted octagon. octagon, right? Yeah. So, um, but regardless, we like I, like I said, these are these are practices that our kids will know and develop over time. Um, but who who was on her trusted triangle when we worked this last uh, year? It was a school counselor. It was a teacher. Mm -hmm. I think she put all of her parents yeah. on there collectively. Uh, yeah. Um, so that's when it kind of went from a triangle to an octagon to a list of people, but that's fine. But essentially there needs to be three points of contact where kids can tell anything to. Um, whether it be someone at school, someone um, at home, uh, someone they spend a lot of time with. Um, and, and you want to know who those people are as well. Um, and it would be great for those people to know that 
your kid considers them someone that they can tell any safe or unsafe or really any secret to. Um, and I think we keep we keep talking about secrets. I think we need to pause here and talk about the fact that um, a, the definition of a secret can be very hard to understand uh, as a young child. So something that we like to do is um, talk about the difference between a secret and a surprise. So, um, you know, a birthday party that someone doesn't know about is a secret, or I'm sorry, a, a birthday party that someone doesn't know about would be considered a surprise because it's a secret that is not going to stay a secret for a long time, and that's a, that's a safe secret. Um, versus, I won't even go towards the abuse, but, you know, someone bullying uh, your child, that would be an unsafe secret to keep. Right. So, or, or I mean, let's talk about something that's very real in today's world, this Momo challenge that a lot of kids have been subject to. That's an unsafe secret, and essentially, um, as far as all the research we've done, which I will say has been quite a bit, is talking about how at the end of the video or at the end of these, at the at part of the Momo challenge would be uh, that Momo says you can't tell your parents or she'll come to your house and kill you. Right, and so it's basically breaking that trust. Right, right. So essentially you want to make sure that that bond is very safe and that even when a kid is subjected to something to that degree, they feel like they can come and tell someone on their trusted triangle. Um, so that's very good practice to have. Another tool our family uses and have taught our children is a safety stop sign. Basically, it teaches the kids to think about it for a second. If they there's a situation that makes them feel unsafe or icky or anything like that, they use their assertive voice and say stop right so and and it teaches them that they have so this this whole thing you'll hear us say this about a dozen times i'm sure but this whole thing is an empowerment program it's teaching kids to gauge the situation on their own and then act in the way that they've been um not necessarily instructed to but guided to so it teaches them like you said to to gauge the situation to think about it um, and listen to that voice inside their head, which we would call, um, like, conscience. Uh, this refers to it as a guiding voice. Um, so however they're feeling and uh, what whatever their thoughts are is guiding them to act a certain way um, and then gives the ability to, uh, when you say talk assertively, they, they name that in this program uh, to be the I mean business voice, and it teaches them the difference between um, being assertive and non-assertive. Um, and like I said, that's called an I mean business voice. And it's basically just empowering kids that when they don't feel safe or when they feel icky or uncomfortable, they're 100% allowed and encouraged to tell that person to stop or tell others to stop. Um, or perhaps even, um, because like this isn't geared towards just sexual abuse. This is just um, like a body safety um, it's a empower body yeah. safety. Um, yes, and teaching them to look at safe versus unsafe situations and how they can stop that. Because I think that kids, especially younger kids, don't realize that they have the power to tell someone to stop, or especially if that person's an adult, or to um, make the decision themselves on whether they feel safe or unsafe. And that's the difference. It's not teaching them this is safe versus unsafe. Um, it's teaching them to act based on how they feel about the situation. And I think that's fair to say 
that if you feel unsafe in a situation, any situation, that you should have the ability, whether you're five or whether you're 50, to say, no, I'm not doing this because I don't feel safe about it. Um, especially if someone else is the person that's essentially putting you in danger, whether that be another kid, um, a bully, um, or unfortunately sometimes that person is an adult who does not have that kid's best interest at heart. So um, the safety stop sign and I mean business voice kind of go together, um, but basically just teaching kids that regardless of where you are or who you're with, if you're not feeling safe about something, you don't have to, that doesn't have to continue any longer right. and you have the ability to stop it. Um, so those are the main tools um, that we've taught uh, our young kids. Um, as far as, um, as they get older within this curriculum, there are other, um, there are other facets of this program. Um, they do talk a lot about um, sexual abuse in nature, grooming, safe dating, um, in the older grades. But as far as the younger grades, it's teaching them um, various safe and unsafe situations and ultimately that they have the ability to gauge how they're feeling. Um, uh, they call it the think-feel-act rule. So think about it, um, consider how you feel about it, and then act appropriately um, so that in any given situation they have the ability to keep themselves safe. Or, going back to our trusted triangle, if they don't feel that they have the ability to stop whatever's going on on their own, um, they have the ability to go to three or more trusted people who will help them, um, an adult buddy, if you will, to help them get out of that situation. So um, they're not completely on their own by any means, but we know that where abuse occurs, they're in an unsafe situation where one of those trusted people aren't there, aren't around. Um, so they need to be able to have adult help because obviously five-year-olds can't completely keep themselves safe, but they can at the very least tell the difference on something that's safe or unsafe based on, based on how they feel, and then part of the action would be going to get an adult. Right. Like you said, it just gives them the power to feel safe. Right. Um, to not have to just feel like they have to endure whatever's going on. Correct. Because, yes, it's teaching them the difference. Absolutely. So, like I said, the the main thing I love about this is just that it's empowering kids to know the difference. Because, I mean, we're very, I mean, in our household, it's very, I wouldn't say completely old school, but I would say that we're more old school than most parents. It's black and white. Um, the adults are in charge. Um, rules are rules. Here's the boundaries. If you step out of those boundaries or you do something that you know is wrong, you're in trouble. And so kids don't, at least in our house, um, the, the kids don't get the voice and whatever, um, that sounds pretty wrong. They have a voice, obviously. Um, but they don't, they don't decide things with us. They don't decide things for the house. Um, that's our responsibility as adults, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is this is the one exception to the rule, right? Like if there's something that they don't feel safe about, then they need to understand that it doesn't matter who they're with or what the adult in the situation might be saying. They have 100% authority to do whatever means necessary to keep themselves safe. And I feel like that's something like even before we found this, we had built in 
the foundation that, yes, if you're with an adult, you have to listen to the adults, but if it's something you feel is unsafe, then you do then something you or do you something. get help. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's important. Um, one of the things I like about, I, I will touch on this just because I, I know a lot of the things we're talking about, they're for all levels, but obviously teaching, you know, someone who's 14 or 15 the safety stop sign, and I mean business voice, is a little different than teaching someone who's five who doesn't even realize that they have what what would essentially be called an I mean business voice. So one of the things I like, um, and that was very personal and touching to me learning about this program, is uh, for the for like middle school age and high school age, they talk about being a good citizen, which is essentially just being a kind person. Meaning, when you know of someone that's in trouble, first it, it teaches them how to report bad things, right? So if you know a friend or if you know of anyone who's in trouble and they might need an adult's help, then you go and you tell one of your trusted adults. Um, it's not just about, this program is not just about what to do when you're in trouble, but what to do when other people um, might be in trouble as well. And so they teach them how to safe report those things um, and how to get an adult's help for someone else, whether that person be a friend or just someone you know in school. Um, I think that's monumental because I think if we were just consider that at a large scale on society and people helping other people or getting other people help when they think that that person might need it, that doesn't happen a lot in today's world. Well, most of the time people are pulling out their cell phones to watch whatever's going down and without helping someone. Right. Or looking the other way because it's something that's, you know, a taboo topic and something we don't want to talk about. So... Or, even worse, we'll just judge and move on with our day because we know that we'd never end up in that situation. And I think that's the worst possible thing because there's so many people going through something that we have no idea about. And instead of helping that person, we're going to pretend it would never happen to us. Right. Uh, cast judgment and, like you said, pull out your phone and tweet about it or Facebook about it or take a video or whatever the situation may be. Um, so... Nice little rant there, but um, they teach them to be a good citizen. So if someone else is in trouble, how to get that person help. And then um, on top of that, if you know someone that's in trouble, like, and I'll just use my case, um, when it came out that I was being uh, a victim, when I was a victim of child sexual abuse, um, I was in high school, and it obviously hit the papers and the people that knew me knew about it and in high school word word travels very fast and I know now looking back that not every single person knew but it felt like when I went to school every single person that looked at me in the hallways knew my story or a version of my story um and gossip is terrible and spreads like wildfire and um there were very 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 few people that reached out and wanted to be an ally or a friend, not even necessarily to help me get through anything, just to be like a normal human. Um, and so this program also teaches them that they can be friends to people that might be in a different situation than them, because essentially that's the time of their life that they're going to need friends. Um, so I like that it's just a program where it's teaching kids not only to be safe and protect themselves or that they can get adult help, but it's also teaching them to, you know, kind of link arms with other people and empower them and be kind to them regardless of 
where they may be coming from or what situation they might be enduring at that point in their life. So it's a really good program. If you want to look into it, um, there's information on our website. If you go to www.strivetomakeanimpact.com, there's a breakdown there. If you are interested in seeing what your school has to offer, um, because this is a loss. Every single school in Indiana has to be teaching a body safety curriculum. Um, if you don't know what that is or you'd like to learn more about it so you can build on those principles at home, I would strongly encourage you to, and your school should be able to tell you what that is. Or if you're interested in getting this curriculum in your schools and you want our help doing that, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, that's essentially a major part of our mission right now is to kind of just tell schools that this is even an option. Um, it's not in a lot of schools in Indiana, but it's in almost 100,000 classrooms across the state or across the nation. Right. And if you have any questions about it or just want to learn more, reach out to us. Right. Yep. So, um, I, regardless of where you're at and what you think might be going on in your kids' lives or the fact that they may be too young, I promise that there is some way, shape, or form that you can start teaching them practices to keep themselves safe. Um, uh, of course, I'm talking mostly about sexual abuse, given the fact that that's what this podcast is about. But there's we have to start having conversations with our kids. The world we grow up in is not a safe one, unfortunately. Um, and if you're not having those hard conversations with your kids, I completely understand um, the innocence factor and the fact that you just want your kid to be able to kid uh, be able to be a kid. I 100% agree with that. But I do think that there are age-appropriate and safe ways to have those hard conversations without giving your kid nightmares. And I think those are important to have, and I will be an advocate for that for as long as I live, because if we can help you protect your kid from any type of trauma that may happen, then we're on board with that. Right. I mean, that that's essentially our entire mission. Right. So... I think that's all we have for you guys today. Like I said, if you want to learn more about it, we have information on our website. If you want to contact us, you can do that through our website. Um, we were working on getting this in local schools, but we will absolutely need your help to get it into your schools. We need people to reach out and say, hey, this is an awesome program. I want my kid to be learning in school. Or um, I need to figure out what my school is offering my child so that I can build on those practices at home. Um, but... Like I said, this this curriculum here is a new approach that I haven't seen anyone else trying. Mostly what you'll find, and if you're not familiar, mostly what you'll find in schools is if um, a stranger comes talking to you, you need to run for help, or um, you'll find a lot of good touch, bad touch conversation. And why that's bad, so a lot of people don't understand this right up front. Why that's a bad practice is because the person that is the perpetrator, the person doing the abuse, is not a bad... They don't have a bad stigma. We have to start painting the good versus bad whatever. Good versus bad person. Good versus bad touch. They, they don't have that. Um, the person that's doing the abuse... I mean, I had the good touch, bad touch program. Let's just be real for a minute. For years over in elementary school, I sat in the good touch, bad touch program where they talked about these things and I still became a victim of sexual assault. So obviously that's not working. And, and if it were just me and maybe Alicia didn't get it and whatever else, that would be one thing. But 
there's still one in three girls that are being abused while they're in our education system. There's still one in five boys that are being abused before they graduate high school. That number has not changed since I went through the program. And if we're going to change it, preventatively, with education, we have to change the curriculum that we're being taught. And I think it's important to touch on that a lot of those are convocations where everybody in the school goes down to the gym and you sit and listen to a speaker and you actually talk to your friends and not pay attention. Right. Or it's a PowerPoint presentation that I'm not paying attention to. This, Especially if you're six and seven years old. Right. right. This is, I mean, we'll just go for the kindergarten side or, you know, early elementary. It has videos that are like, almost like Blue's Clues that gets the kids' attention. And it's to, interactive. It's, yes. hey, use your I mean business voice with me. What? I can't hear you. And it's these kids are allowed to be loud in their classroom, which at five, six, and seven years old is just awesome. I mean, that's. That's a great day for them, right? Because they got to yell instead of be quiet and walk in a straight line and whatever. Um, then as, as they get older, it's it's um, about superhero type. Like you get to be uh, the superhero in your class or whatever. And then um, with high school and beyond, or with I'm sorry, with middle school and beyond, it goes into very real, real life um situations it talks about grooming it talks about safe dating practices but all of it the entire time is based on feelings so it's showing uh, a video and and how they're interacting and how that person might be feeling based on their facial expressions and it's show it's really breaking down okay this person's excited to have a new boyfriend but that new boyfriend is trying to get her to do things that she's not comfortable with there's obviously some confusion on what she should do and how she should act because she wants this boy to like her but He's trying to get her alone in a room, and she doesn't want to do that. So how do you, how do you act in that scenario? And right. they play it out based on how she feels, not based on what's right or wrong, right? Because there's so many. That's such a large scale of what's right versus wrong, and what may be, feel, what may be comfortable to one person is not comfortable to the next person. Right, and that's what we've talked about multiple times on here before. Is that everybody has a different line, so it's really hard to say right and wrong when right. your line is different than mine. Correct. So it's based on feeling, not on, well, in second grade I learned that this is wrong or what have you. So that's our spiel. Um, like I said, if you have any questions, if, if there's a situation, if you have a kid at home and you want to talk to them about this and you don't know how, please reach out to us. We'd love to help, you know, kind of work through that with you. I'm definitely not going to tell you how to parent because I don't feel like that's my job at all, but uh, there are things that we do in our household that are, I will say, very different than most households do. Um, but I think it's important, curriculum or not, being in school, I think it's important that parents have this open relationship with their children to be able to talk about these things in order to keep their children safe. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's the motto is you have to be having these conversations to keep your children safe and also realizing that those conversations need to happen frequently because at second grade, it's very different than seventh grade. Um, your trusted triangle has to be updated frequently as different people move in and out of this person's life. Um, our kid's school counselor is not going to be her school counselor forever. So those things have to be kind of touched on and retouched on so that you can uh, keep your kid safe, help your kid be a safe person. For more information, visit our website, but I hope that um, as a parent, you're having these conversations with your kids because it's 
vitally important for their safety. Yep. As always, thanks again for having us. Um, um, Alicia's going to give you all her email address. If there's anybody that just wants to reach out to her, needs to talk, has questions, questions about the curriculum, or if you're a world changer that wants to be on our podcast, let us know. Absolutely. So that email for anyone to reach out to us to is alicia.lewis.j at gmail.com. That's A-L-I-S-H-A dot L-E-W-I-S dot J at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.